With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level two. Dodgers win 4-1. Dodgers win 4-1. It's too bad. Anderson was uh, two outs away. Two outs away from a no-hitter, but he had to go through Trout and Otani to do it. He struck out Trout, and then Otani smoked one down the right field line. And to be honest, in hindsight, it was one of those we got caught up in the disappointment of not being the no-hitter. But I want to see the replay again. But uh, it was actually pretty crazy, man, that Mookie Betts actually nearly caught it. Like, <laughs> he caught as close as he did. Because it wasn't like, that was, that was, it was a rope. It was just one of those, like, rope-type deals. But, yeah, Mookie tried to kill himself trying to catch that ball because that's who Mookie Betts is. And for the record, too, the, 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 the hate for the dude last night, bro, you couldn't have caught that ball last night with Miklas. Uh, you guys saw the highlight, obviously, Cam and Babano, but it was smoke to center field, and they were playing in because they were in a situation like that with the no-hitter. The big fear is they didn't want a bloop, right? They were like, we don't want to get beat on a bloop here with the no-hitter, so they called everybody in. And I guess you could debate the argument and say you're better off playing deep and coming in for it as opposed to coming in and having to go back. But that ball was smoke last night to center field. I don't blame the center fielder at all. And tonight, whatever, Otani just like just murdered this baseball down the line. I think he's a big jerk uh, for doing it. And I think for the good of the game, in fact, I would hit him with a pitch now. <laughs> Say, you know, you son of a bitch <laughs> for the good of the game. I think it's just about you. But uh, Dodgers win. They covered a run line. It's all good. And uh, we win that parlay. What was the parlay? Oh, yeah, the Jason Tampa Dodgers. Bay Lightning. No, the Tampa Bay Lightning plus two and a half and the Dodgers minus 130. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, came in handy. Nice, yeah. Came in handy. Yeah, it was good. And I bet, and when the Lightning were down cam early, I got mad. I was like, God, this sucks. I better bet the Dodgers again. And then I put another 200 on the Dodgers run line. So I hit them both. Amazing. Hey, man, Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates even won. Marenzi, my uh, loser pick of the night. Fun times. Excellent. I don't know why I don't have more money in my account. What else? What yeah, it's account? one of those things. I I, I did the uh, same. I, I looked know, at the screen and go, "What's what's the problem here?" Like yeah, <laughs> there's something. I think I made yeah. I made too many golf bets. That's my problem. Click, yeah, how click, many click, bets? Click, 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 how click. many current bets do you have right now? Uh, like sixty-seven. I'm only at twenty-one. 
Yeah, I do a lot of little stuff, though. I, I got to, like, bed, you know me, I'm renting this and that and guy versus this guy, whatever. Some of them are, like, $20, you know, like those first-round leader bets. I just like to sprinkle it around. So, some of them, it's not like they're crazy, crazy futures or anything like that. But, yeah, no, I go I go, I go, go pretty wild for the golf. So, what were Golgster's picks? Who do you like? Uh, he's on uh, Lowry. Yeah. Lowry, 40 to 1. Homa, 50 to 1. Mm-hmm. M fifty to one, Berger fifty to one, Tommy Fleetwood sixty six to one. Wow! And Keegan Bradley one hundred to one, and he says uh, it's all first round leaders as well. I like those picks. Watch out for Keegan Bradley. I, I have a first-round leader bet with him, Gabe. He is from the Boston area. He's a big Boston sports fan. And watch out for Scott Stallings. I think a lot of the local guys will do well. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Arancy. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buster, but everybody else in between. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. It's championship week. Before we get the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart uh, out of here. He's got his U.S. Open uh, golf pick. So, uh, Cam, uh, for people who are just joining us uh, right now, your best bets for the U.S. Open. Best bets for the U.S. Open. Justin like the Thomas. the Pentagon Papers here. Yeah, exactly. Justin, <laughs> time to shuffle. Justin Thomas, 12 to 1. Will Zalatoris, 28. I love Sanjay M at 36, but so does the world. Cameron Young at 41. Two guys that I like as bombs. Watch out for Davis Riley. He's really close to winning. 75 to 1. And Rose at 80. Gabe, the bet, best bet, if you can find it on FanDuel, top continental Europe. And they're giving Rom at plus 175, guys. And it's a really good bet because he's only up against Victor Hovland and Sergio for the same bet is 11 to 1. So it's like a matchup bet, and you're getting Rom if he beats Hovland plus 175. Because I'll tell you, if Sergio Garcia beats John Rom this week, well, I should stop uh, betting on golf. Let's put it that way. So I really like that top continental Europe bet, too. And nationality of winner, an American's probably going to win. You got to lay 60 cents, but think about all the guys, Gabe, other than Rory and Rom, is an American going to win? Probably. So I would have probably put that number around $2. It's a buck 60 on FanDuel, good price. I like the Continental. It's like the Continental breakfast, right? So yeah. uh, yes, exactly. Top uh, top Continental. Yes. Right, so I'm trying to find the uh, the specific leaders. My here. golf guy actually took Molinari 18 to one in that category. So going for the yeah. swinging for the you're, fences. You're, your golf guy's a real psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Molinari's going to beat Rom? I mean, like, Rom's in that category. That's the problem. All right. hey, if, Mol so, if Molinari beats Rom, I'll, I'll call your golf guy and see. All right, so, yeah, Rom, Rom plus 145. He's got to beat Hovland, Garcia. Hovland always, whatever. I don't want to say anything because every time I rip a golfer, they always win. Garcia's coming over from that live stuff. Norin, Peters, Straka, yeah. Molinari. Yeah, it seems like you're right. Like, John Rom should be able it's to beat bet, all these Gabe. guys. Huh? It At was 175 price? when I did the show with uh, Donnie Wrightside this morning. So, uh, people are betting it. It's a really good bet. I think they might have made a mistake. I would have put that thing, like, even. You think Corey Connors, top Canadian, plus 130 yes. over Adam Hadwin? Yes. I like Mackenzie Hughes. Over Hadwin. Yeah, Corey Connors. My boy Damn. Sloan. Top Asian and Korean. Let's rock. Double your pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow, okay? Later, buddy. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. 
Wicked Wednesday. This is Portrait Championship Week continues right here. The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks. So the Stanley Cup Finals have begun. Countdown to the U.S. Open is on. We've got the NBA Finals tomorrow night. Uh, we've got uh, Formula One in North America. It only comes to uh, Miami, Montreal, and Texas right now. Las Vegas will be added to the rotation next year. They're racing in Montreal uh, this weekend. Uh, I guess unless you want to sleep in the park, don't go. Uh, Montreal is sold out, booked. It's um, every the 100 percent. I was just uh, I tweeted out the story. 100 percent capacity. 100 percent capacity. Every hotel room in the city, essentially. Now I'm not saying you won't be able to find something somewhere. Um, but nothing good near anywhere. For the record, too, Airbnb is going for an average of about twelve hundred bucks a night in Montreal. So, if you're in Las Vegas next year, you could really cash in during F1 weekend. Like F F one's like a mini economy on its own, right? So, uh, we'll get to that a little bit uh, later on. All right. I also we'll get back to the U.S. Open after. Thanks to Cam for joining us. We let Cam go. You can tell tonight, but Bounty was all business tonight. I've told Matthias in the past, whenever you hear Cam starting to shuffle his papers a lot, that means he's getting restless. I know him well. So you can hear him shuffling the papers, and he said, can I get to my picks? I don't know. I think Wednesday nights is turning into uh, Cam's sex night or something like that. He sound like, because normally he's not in a rush. <laughs> but tonight, it was like, if you guys recall a couple of weeks ago, he was like, listen, I've got to go. And uh, I got the same feeling tonight, so we, we, we let him go. But I will get back to the U.S. Open a little bit after. I want to take a look, guys, at the tee times. And I want to take a look at the early morning groups. And listen, a lot of times they don't put the best players really early in the morning because they want the best players on TV. But let's take a look at the early morning groups tomorrow and see if any first-round leaders catch our eye now that we do know and can confirm that the weather is going to be uh, better in the morning and it'll get windier as the day goes on, etc. And it's something to think about in the big board, big picture as well as Thursday is going to be nicer than Friday. So those who tee off on Thursday morning's rotation are going to be in a better spot. All right, but Banner with us. Let's switch gears back to the Oaxaki. We'll get to the basketball. We'll get to the CFL as well. So, uh, but Banner, um, a lot of hype about this series. I got to say it lived up to the hype. You know, both teams made mistakes, so you can't say it was a perfect hockey game. But, listen, it's the Stanley Cup Finals between two great teams. It went to overtime. And I think we're in store for a very, very interesting series moving forward. Now that Tampa, now that they have a little bit of a feel uh, for each other. And I brought it up earlier, Babano. So the Lightning now one and three in four game ones in this playoffs, and eleven and three in all other games. Vasilevsky's goal is against is four five zero in uh, in the game ones. It's like one and a half in the others. So I think we're gonna have a hell of a series. What was your take on the game tonight? It's a great hockey game. It really was. I mean, Colorado had the first punch early. I give the Avalanche all the credit and Jared Bednar for uh, and the the entire team. I mean, nine day layoff was not good for Tampa Bay in the last round. It didn't really seem to affect Colorado as much tonight. They came up early. They were strong. Uh, they didn't make the kind of mistakes Tampa did against New York after their layoff in game in game one of the last round. So I think you give Colorado a lot of credit for that. And apparently the pace of their practices leading up to game one was very high. 
you know, they didn't really, you know, go slow or, you know, just have little drills here and there. They played their practices at a high pace. I think they tried the best they could in spite of the layoff to simulate, you know, the pace and the intensity of a Stanley Cup final game. And clearly, you know, it, it helped them out tonight. They had the great start. And what I like about Colorado, Morency is Tampa tied it in the second. I think Tampa probably was the better team in the second period. It was Tampa's best period of the game. No question about that. They tied it 3-3. Colorado responded. I thought Colorado was better in the third period, you know, even though there were no goals in that third period. I thought they carried the play. They had a bunch of chances. Vasilevsky shut the door. They didn't get deterred after Tampa roared back from two goals down to tie the game. That's a positive Make no mistake about it for Colorado. They withstood that punch from Tampa. They played a good third period. Probably could have won it a couple different times. Went to overtime. They still didn't get discouraged. They ended up winning it with Burakovsky's goal. I think this was a huge win for Colorado because on paper, at least to me, it set up for a decent spot for maybe Tampa Bay to take game one. But the fact Colorado off the long layoff were able to get this done on a night when Braden Point returned as well for Tampa Bay. A very big win and a significant one for the Yes, it's only one game, but I think this was more important for Colorado to win it than necessarily for Tampa. Yeah, the all the talk, but Ben all the time. I always talk about the, these dumb narratives and stuff, and I think this is one of them where it's overanalyzed. Like a good a good example is like, look, so Colorado were off. Colorado won tonight. Colorado came out flying tonight, right? Colorado came out flying tonight. And in in the other game, when when the Lightning lost, when they were off to the Rangers. That game was 1-1, and Tampa were all over them. Shostakhin just made a bunch of saves, and then the wheels fell off. And like Tampa said after, and Cooper said, he goes, we didn't lose because we were off. We lost because we didn't play well, right? And there is definitely a pattern. I think there's a little bit of both. I said it earlier. I think Babano, we've seen this before. We've seen it in the pandemics when teams didn't play for three weeks and they'd come back and stuff. There'd be a lot of overs, man. I think if it affects anybody, it's the goalie. And I brought it up early. I brought it up earlier, like you said, Babano, about like the practice and the replica and stuff. So they're practicing hard. They're going at a pretty big pace. You know, they know how to like what tempo to go out and practice, etc. But if you're the goalie, it's not the same. They're not trying to kill Vasilevsky. They're not like it's not the same. And then suddenly Vasilevsky hasn't played in a while, and you know these pucks are coming in fast, and. Colorado came in hot. Like these guys, like they were the ones off, man. They came out firing uh, tonight. And honestly, Babano, let's look at Tampa. With rest, without rest, bro, they lose game one most of the time. They lost game ones last year a lot. They, they, they just, it's their MO. And they seem to be a counterpuncher and don't mind playing from behind in these series. I think, I think if you're, I agree with you. I said it earlier too. If you're Colorado, you needed to win this game tonight. Like after, if you blew the lead and Tampa won tonight, you know, Tampa would really, really be in your head already. As it is now, I think Colorado are lucky to dodge a bullet tonight. I expect Vasilevsky to be a hell of a lot better in the first period. They're not going to spot him a two-nothing lead uh, on Saturday night. I don't believe. I'm coming. I'm going back to Tampa on Saturday night. I'm taking Tampa to bounce back. What's your early week lean right now? I, I'm with you there, but the one concern is, you know, people will automatically just say Tampa Bay off a loss. Well, that didn't. That, that that streak ended in the last round against New York, yeah, yeah. who won the first two home games against. It is know, still Lightning seventeen and, and one. <laughs> That's still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> 
it is still pretty good. But if the Rangers can win two in a row at home, why can't Colorado, a better Colorado team, uh, with all due respect to the Rangers? So that is my one concern. But I do think, look, Tampa Bay, you're right. They've, game one, they basically, you know, kind of, just walk their way into the series, you know, get a feel for the opponent. If they lose game one, so be it. That really has been the kind of mindset Tampa's developed. They haven't minded losing. It's not that they don't want to win game one. They obviously do. But it's they don't panic, you know. It's not the end of the world that we dropped the first game of the series. We've got a good team. We've got a veteran bunch. We've won multiple Stanley Cups. We've got a great coach in John Cooper who's very good from one game to the next fixing what didn't work. So I think if you're Tampa Bay, and he's shown that, uh, you know, I think if you're Tampa Bay, you don't panic. So I'm with you. I would only look Tampa Bay in game two. But we do have that situation where the Rangers did finally break the hex of the Tampa Bay off a loss streak. And if New York could do that, Colorado's very capable of doing that. But, no, I think Tampa Bay will be better in game two. And clearly in the start of the game of game two, I'd expect them to be uh, a little much better than they were tonight. They got smoked by the Leafs. They got smoked by the Rangers in game one. They beat the Panthers in four straight, obviously. For the record, early money right now, and it's generally sharp money that people are going to be pulling the trigger. Coming in on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning price is dropping. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This team is fired up. We came here to play. All right. Hello. What? Didn't you hear what he said? Look at the fear in his eyes. Listen to the quiver in his voice. He's a little boy lost in a game of men. You think we should bet against him? I bet my entire college fund on it. You got it. Mo, $23 on New York. You think you know what you don't? You say you will, but you won't. Late night anger match request. This is Sports Ranch. Ian Cameron kicking with us. One of the ice guys and more. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff uh, to get to. So we're talking uh, Stanley Cup finals right now. We'll get into uh, the NBA finals, CFL football uh, week two. Uh, but the Colorado Avalanche take game one. And we were talking about the numbers earlier uh, about the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they bounce back and how game one is not their game. Game one is not their game. So they lost 5 nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, okay? They won that series in seven games. They lost 6-2 in the first game to the New York Rangers in the last series. They were down two games to none. And in fact, if you look at their numbers, Andre Vasilevsky in the 2022 playoffs, game one, one and three record, 3.99 goals against average, 8.84 save percentage. Game th- game twos through game sevens, 11 and three, 1.90 goals against average, 9.39 save percentage. I stand by my comments earlier. These numbers back me up. They Vasilevsky and the Lightning are not going to spot Colorado a two-puck lead on Saturday, Babano. And the early market is responding right now. FanDuel, Lightning down to a plus 122 right now, Babano. I am I am very surprised the numbers moving that quickly. Uh, the people aren't waiting around. Uh, yep. to take, I'm not surprised Tampa's getting the money. I'm just surprised that people are jumping on it right away. These I are pros betting now, too. Not casual people betting a hockey game three days in advance. So 
People are buying into that bounce back theory, I guess, Babano with Tampa. Listen, the numbers do speak for themselves. It's not just the, oh, they were 17-0 off a loss. The numbers, their metrics, you see it, Babano. They get better after they see you. This is what they do. Yeah, they are. They've been a completely, they've been a respond team throughout the playoffs. Uh, they didn't even play that bad for most of the game tonight. Uh, and, you know, second period was by far their best period. The third period you give to – first period, Colorado dominated. Second period you give to Tampa. Third period, I thought Colorado was a little bit better. I don't know if they completely owned Tampa in the third, but I did think, especially as the third period went on, they drew some penalties. They had a good amount of time in the offensive zone. Uh, and then in overtime, they got the winner. Like, it wasn't Tampa's best game, but it's not like they got totally out there's better in Tampa Bay. Braden Point, you got to think, is going to be better with another game under his belt. This was not a good game for Victor Hedman, by the way. He didn't have much impact offensively. He was on the ice for the overtime game-winning goal. This, uh, you know, you got to expect he's going to want to play better. This was not one of those classic vintage great Victor Hedman games. You got to expect that's going to change a little bit uh, in Game Two. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things that point to Tampa Bay being better in Game Two, and people see that. Uh, Victor Hedman, Yababano, uh, sloppy clear uh, clearing attempt in the zone actually led to the second goal, which is very unlike yep. him. Right, that he was he was yep. responsible for it. Like it started with him. Yep. You never expect him like not to get the puck out of the zone, and he didn't. And it, it led to the the screenshot, and it was like a bang bang thing. But it was you're right. It was it was all on Hedman. Did not play well tonight. Um, no. And he was on the so, ice for Burakovsky's goal too in overtime. Yeah. So yeah, not his best night. Yeah, these overtimes with Bano with that fast ice, bro. I talk about it. BX talked about it that at the intermission, and he said, yeah, early in the periods, man, when the the ice is fast, guys, the puck goes fast. You, the, the players can pass it with more precision. If you get caught off, if the numbers aren't there for you, you're in a lot of trouble on fast ice. Like, uh, like I said, how's it going? Like the. The puck is hard, way harder to stop. Like, uh, Bieksa talked about it. He says the puck, like, goes in a hell of a lot faster. Like, when the ice is fresh early. Um, like, basically, guys, it's it's ice. So, like, you know what I mean? If you're not a hawk, hardcore hockey person, whatever, guys, like, what happens when they skate around it? It becomes snow. <laughs> what happens then? Now, they're good at it. It's pro ice and stuff, but... It still would be choppier when guys are skating around on it. The puck won't bounce with the same natural whatever. They don't know really. They can sort of, you know what I mean? They can kind of know, but they don't know. There's chips in the ice. It just it slows down. And another thing is at this time of the year, uh, weather does affect the building inside even. Some ice guys. Remember Boston, man. In the old days, Babano, it used to just be fog, bro. <laughs> like, like, you yeah, couldn't yeah. see it. It was like <laughs> fog because it was so hot. You know what I mean? So the ice right. was yeah. slushy and it was foggy. It was like because it was like the water and the moisture, the fans and everyone in the building would create like this haze. And the water, like you'd literally see water on the a ice. Fog bowl in the late 70s. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they'd be slush with the battle. <laughs> it's like, yep. now it's pretty high tech. They have like all these pipes under the ice and stuff. It's like, uh, but anyways. So. Um, one thing, Babano, I can't deny, and I'm a, I'm a big numbers guy. I'm not a trend guy, really, but I'm more of just a fat guy. Uh, not fat, but fat. Um, nothing against girth. But basically, uh, Babano, teams that win game one of the Stanley Cup finals going back to 1939 have won 75% of the time, all right? 
How about this number? 13 of the previous 17 teams to win game one of the Stanley Cup Finals in overtime have won on to win the series 76.5% of the time. Numbers don't lie. Colorado have put themselves in a good position. They have, and they've put themselves in a good position tonight because this was Tampa in a potential spot where, hey, we've got this team that I haven't played in nine days. We've got a chance to pounce on them and maybe take game one, steal home ice. It didn't happen. It's a big, big advantage. It's a big benefit to Colorado winning this game. Now, winning this game alone doesn't mean they win the series, but I'll tell you what, like I said a minute ago, I think it was more it was just more important for Colorado to win tonight than it was for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to be fine. I mean, how many, you mentioned it, the Toronto series, the Rangers series, losing game one is old hat now for them. You know, they're used to it almost at this point. They've shown the ability to bounce back. They've shown the ability to respond. They know one win doesn't equal a series win. Uh, so I'm sure there's no panic in the lightning dressing room, and, and you'll see them respond uh, probably with a better start. As much as I think I'm leaning Tampa in game two, I think even the first period with Tampa Bay might even be a better look to get that lead. Because I think I remember taking St. Louis in the, in the game two, I believe, uh, to get a lead early in that game, and they were able to do so after a loss. And I could see that being the case for Tampa Bay. Cooper's not stupid. He knows the first 20 minutes that they were just completely outplayed. It was the worst period I think Tampa yeah. played the whole night. So I think that first period maybe split it up, which is something I like to do uh, at this time of year. With first period and a full game with Tampa Bay might be better. So at least because I think that first 20 minutes there's going to be an onus to really be on top of the game from the opening faceoff. Updated series price right now before we move on to the NBA Finals. NBA uh, NBA Finals uh, of course tomorrow night, but the updated series price for the Stanley Cup Finals Colorado Avalanche are now minus 270. Tampa Bay Lightning plus 220. So uh, that's that's the new updated number right now. And we gave you the number uh, for uh, for Saturday night's game. They're off until Saturday. Then they'll get into a rotation. It's because of the um, the NBA Finals are on ABC and the Stanley Cup Finals are on ABC. Uh, so it's it's led to a scheduling conflict. Uh, normally the NHL would play every 48 hours, but they are off until Saturday. Updated uh, price, Colorado Avalanche minus 146 on Saturday night. Tampa Bay Lightning plus 122. Total and even six. Okay, Babana, we've talked a lot of trends and these this number and that number as far as Tampa Bay are concerned. Let's get into the trends here uh, for the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Every trend comes to an end. And that's what we saw with the Boston Celtics. 7-0 straight up and against the spread off a loss. They have now lost consecutive games for the first time they are now laying four points tomorrow night uh, Babano what's your opinion I know you've been a pretty faithful devotee uh, faithful uh, follower of this Celtics trend throughout the playoffs are you going back to it I honestly don't know if I can uh, because look you're laying the, uh, a modest number here uh, with Boston in game six higher than you've laid with Boston in previous home games in this series and you look at the way Game 5 transpired, I mean, Steph Curry was abominably bad. He was awful I mean, in terms of his shooting. I mean, he didn't make a single three. The Golden State Warriors as a team were, what, 9 for 40 from three-point range, and they still won that basketball game. I mean, it's got, it's one of those situations where he, don't you have to expect Golden State to shoot better, particularly Steph Curry, going into Game 6? 
to me, it was just a missed opportunity for Boston. It, it was a game that Andrew Wiggins saved the game, let's be honest, for Golden State. If not for his performance, it's probably a different result. But, well, again, Boston's turnovers just crippled them. It crushed them in that game. I mean, just the haphazard play with the basketball, that's always been when they've gotten into trouble here in these playoffs. And it's it's becoming a concern. And that's two games in a row now where Golden State has kind of flexed their muscles and said, we're ready to take over and dominate. i got to admit, I'm leaning Warriors plus the points. Uh, I, I don't like the way this series is trending for Boston right now. I don't underestimate their uh, their you know dig down deep ability and their desperation they're going to show tomorrow night. But I don't like the way their overall team game is trending. And the more I see Tatum, the more I'm seeing someone that's a little bit timid at times in the big moments. So I'm actually leaning with the dog here, Golden State, maybe to if not co- if not win the game outright, at least cover and make this close and maybe even wrap up this series. I don't like what I saw from Boston. Well, you got to take the money line. Well, I do like the money line tomorrow. I'll tell you guys why on the other side, but I've been talking about it a lot. But listen, I don't know one of the games. Every game's been a double-digit game, so like the point spread just hasn't mattered. More NBA Finals. Got the CFL Week 2 as well. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Uh, championship week this week. We hit the U.S. Open uh, earlier. We, talk, we talked a lot of U.S. Open this week on the TV show as well. Um, I don't really have a super strong feel for it or anything like that. Uh, my picks are Xander Shoffley and uh, Sam Burns, uh, for the record. Um, so Xander Shoffley and Sam Burns. But we will get into the first-round leaders a little bit on the way out later and in, in, later in the program. Uh, just because... Um, Everybody in the golf world in the nose talking about how the people that are teeing off early in the morning have a big advantage in this tournament to get a head start, and they're going to be in much better conditions. So uh, why not? Let's take a look at the Thursday morning. Thursday morning, so first-round leaders, who's teeing off earlier in the day before the wins start to pick up? Ian Cameron kicked with us, a.k.a. Babano. So uh, Babano, the U.S. Open's actually in the Boston area. And uh, so it's the place to be, NBA Finals and the U.S. Open. And listen, Babano, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not fully with you. Earlier in the season, earlier in the playoffs, you were riding the Celtics all the way through, every time off a loss. I went against them a couple of times because I was on Milwaukee and I was on, um, I was on Miami. So I've gone against them. But I, this series, I've been nailing it back and forth. I, the first time you and I talked about it coming off the loss, I took Boston. But I did it in the last game. I was on Golden State the other night. And I said before the series started, Golden State in six at plus 148. So I'm standing by it. And as it is now, it's plus 142. So you, you, know, you get the same damn price, essentially. And like I said earlier, Brianna, the point spread hasn't come into play in one game in this series, and always it could not come into play in this series in the last 50 NBA Finals games in the last nine years. It is now 46-2-2. Only two times did a team lose the game and cover the point spread, and there were two pushes. Amazing, Babano. 46-2-2 in the last 50 NBA Finals games. So if you like Golden State, 
Hey, I, I, I won't leave the four on the table either. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to I'm going to do both. But I already have gold. I already have the two thousand dollars coming back to me. Like I put twelve hundred bucks on Golden State to win on the series before it started. But I'm greedy and I like going all in. I like that plus money again tomorrow with Bano. I think they beat them outright, dude. They're going to beat them outright tomorrow. Yeah, I've uh, plus I've got by the way from before the series the series to go seven at plus two ten. So this is kind of hedging that because I don't actually feel great about this going to game seven. I I don't yeah, like yeah. the way it's trending to Boston. I just don't. Well, at least you're getting you know, plus money to, to to hedge that. Well, well, like yeah. So you so you're gonna have to lay uh, yeah. So you're getting plus money. So yeah, Babano, if you got the plus money to go seven, you could lay the Golden State at plus one forty two, and either way you're getting some plus money back. That's exactly the plan uh, for me because I I don't like the way this is going for Boston. Uh, I don't like it one bit. Like I said, you couldn't have gotten Golden State. You couldn't have got Golden State shooting worse. Like they're a good, they're a oftentimes excellent three point shooting team, and you got them almost at their worst, including Steph excellent. Curry didn't make a one of the best. Three. Of, you mean best of all time three point shooting teams? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and and you could not win that game. You could not win that game with Steph not making a single three-pointer for, what, the first time in, what, 260 games or something? Yeah, but you know what it is, Romano? It's just just a pressure thing. It's a clutch thing. You know what I mean? Where, like, it almost doesn't matter what Golden State does or doesn't do, and it doesn't matter what Boston does or doesn't do. As soon as it gets real with, like, eight minutes left, Boston start turning the ball over, right? Boston start bitching at the refs. Boston start doing this. They start doing that. They're just not fully ready for prime time. Uh, prime, prime, prime time. They are, but they turn the ball over too much, as you stated. And I, you know, I, I want to get to CFL, but one thing about Boston and turning the ball over, I don't see how you're going to change now, Babano, at game six of the NBA Finals. It's like I said earlier. It's like me stopping gambling and partying. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Oh, yeah, all right. I better change tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's a little late. And I'm not saying fully, but like at game six, you're not changing your habits now. They just got to hope gold. Like, the only way Boston wins tomorrow is if Golden State just are terrible shooting the ball again and the refs are and the crowd get into it and stuff. But I really see Boston falling apart. I don't think they handle pressure well, Babano. I think they're just a little. They get rattled, man. They foul. They they Draymond gets under their skin. And you and I have talked about it. They're not great at home either, Babano, the Celtics. They've actually been better on the road, it's true, both straight up in ATS in the playoffs. They've been really good on the road, and they've been average. That's the way it's been uh, on the road. And, uh, Under pressure. That, that's also, the yep. old song, yep. that's what they feel. Doon, 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 doon. They play that, they should play that, because that's what they feel. <laughs> They are. They're definitely under pressure now. I like the over a little bit, too, tomorrow night. I mean, they dropped the total a little more now. It's 209.5 uh, down from where it's been the last few games. I mean, you look at this series. We had 214.5, 213.5, 214.5, 211.5. This is now the lowest total of the series. Uh, and I think with Golden State, you know, the, the bottom fell out for them as a team from three-point range. Nine for 40, 22%. Come on. I mean, Golden yeah. State, that's not Golden State shooting that bad. 
they tend to improve tomorrow night. So as much as I, I like Golden State here, it's kind of a semi-hedge of the seven-game series prop. But this is not just a hedge of that. This is a legit opinion that I think Golden State's got a good chance to wrap this thing up and call it a series tomorrow night. So I do like that, and I like the over as well at 209.5. Take advantage, right? you got a team that's a good perimeter shooting team coming off one of the worst team-wide shooting performances they'll have in a single game in their lifetime, certainly all year. And now you've got the lowest total of these NBA Finals. I think it's a good over situation to take advantage of. I would say that, you know what, maybe it was that fake Clay Thompson that was shooting threes for Golden State the other night, but Clay Thompson actually hit five threes the other night. So, you know, Clay was the only one that did. You know, Babano, Clay was five of 11, but the uh, for three. You know that the other four starters at the Golden State Warriors were combined 0 for 19 from three. And as you say, they still won by double digits. The Boston Celtics took 31 free throws, Babano, to Golden State's 15. They still won by double digits. And the Boston Celtics out-rebounded them by like 9 or 10. I think it was 48-37 or something like that off yeah. the top of my head. And, and they still, I get it, all oh, the turnovers. There's more than just the turnovers. There's just an overall problem. And listen, the, the coach has done a nice job in Boston, but he doesn't really have adjustments. He can sort of talk them up and stuff, but once the game gets going, he's got problems as well. Kerr is out coaching him. Um, all right, let's get into uh, let's get into the CFL battle. We didn't get into it last week enough. Uh, week two, love week one. I know you crushed it. We talked about it on Sunday a little bit, but uh, Toronto Argonauts play their first game of the year. And just for the record, before you bring it up, I was going to say, I don't buy into the narrative of teams that played first having an advantage. We see it all the time. It's not an advantage. Um, and in fact, I don't know if it's an advantage because the Alouettes lost their best player. <laughs> so I think it was definitely not an advantage. But um, it's three and a half right now. Standback's out. Three and a half now. Total's 49 and a half. I'm sure you saw the video of a battle of the new owner of the Alouettes, for whatever stupid reason, said that uh, we're going to kill Toronto on Thursday. And it's the Alouettes and Boatman. I think the Toronto Argonauts are a stacked and loaded team this year. They got your boy Brandon Banks. They got Andrew Harris. They got Bethel Thompson back. They've got a nasty defense. I'm a big Dinwiddie fan. He's a smart coach, former Boise State quarterback. This number's been fluctuating from three, three and a half. Three and a half right now with FanDuel. I like the Argos. What's your take? Yeah, I do too. Begrudgingly, but as I said, the betting uh, sentiment doesn't uh, uh, jive with the uh, <laughs> the Ticat fan in you. Yeah, I hate the Argos. I do, but uh, I do think they'll win this game. Uh, and uh, I, look, there's a lot to like. The roster on paper, the defense is loaded. I think that's what another thing people uh, may gloss over. But I think offensively, uh, I like the receiving core if they stay healthy. They've got uh, players that can make big plays in the passing game. You mentioned bringing in Andrew Harris from Toronto, where if he's healthy, he's still uh, a very good running back. I think the O-line's been solidified in the offseason. Uh, and Bob Bethel Thompson, you know, in the NFL preseason when he was there, we'd laugh at him. He'd be a bet against quarterback. And maybe early in his CFL days, he'd struggle a bit. But I thought he had a very good year last year uh, overall. And now he's 
familiar. He's comfortable. He's now he now knows this is his team as well. You know, last year there was some question about that. This is undoubtedly now his team. He is the undisputed number one quarterback. And all the quotes from Toronto have been nothing but positive. The team's got great camaraderie. You mentioned them bringing in Brandon. Brandon Banks can still play. He just had an injury-riddled year last year. Everything went wrong for him. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be looking to bounce back. And I know he's got uh, a serious chip on his shoulder when TSN kept him out of the top 50 CFL player lists. He was number one on that list in 2019. And all of a sudden, he's out of the list uh, after last year because of all the injuries. So there's someone that's seriously motivated to show he's still a great player in this league. Uh, I like them to get the job done. Vernon Adams still throws too many uh, hey, over, too many interceptions. We got three other games to get to here, Babano. Right, come on, <laughs> you go for a minute here, man. Hey, we got ten minutes. We got ten minutes. We got two. Seconds. Yeah, there's a break. Hey, no, there is. There's a little break and stuff. It's past yeah. you. Got to, you get cranky. You got to get your bowl of soup in later. But yeah, yeah we got a couple minutes for the break. And then we got that little two minute more warning, whatever. All right. Okay, well, I agree with you, the Argos, but we know some nopness on the overall teams. But yes, so. Uh, I don't. Last week, Bubba Battle, the Red Blacks look good. I know the Red Blacks are a trendy team. They're loaded. They've got Masoli now as their quarterback, Jeremiah Masoli, former Duck, Mississippi Rebel, long time uh, Hamilton quarterback. Uh, so he's with the Red Blacks now. They gave the Bombers all they can handle last week. And this number, bro, was seven and a half. Then it was six and a half. Then four and a half. Five and a half. And two and a half at, at FanDuel right now, Babano. What what's up with this point spread at two and a half, bro? Two and a half injuries, injuries to Winnipeg defensively. There's some win- injuries going into this game. Jackson Colaros is playing though. I know Jeff Cole missed the game, but Colaros is playing for the record. So I just wanted to throw that out there because people are asking two what, is Colaros in the secondary. Yeah. yeah two okay. Injuries in the secondary. So well. you're telling me uh, the two injuries definitely. in the secondary are worth five points to a point spread? No. No, but I understand the money coming in on Ottawa, and I believe Ottawa's a lot better. I've, I've, seen, I've seen enough that in just one game from Ottawa to know that's a much better football team than anything we saw last year. Uh, not even close. And Winnipeg's been bad in these spots. There were two games last year. Winnipeg won a first game of a home-and-home, home, played the very same team the next week, and they lost the second time that they played that team. So whether it's lack of focus you know, we already beat this team. You know, who cares? Now, not that you, who cares, but, you know, you just you, you beat the team and you're playing the same team again. It's not always easy. And Winnipeg kind of stumbled in spots like that last year when they were in this situation. Ottawa's home opener. I understand people taking Ottawa. Okay, what like about Ottawa. this, though? But, uh, what about now, though? At I two thought and Ottawa was six, though. Exactly. At two yeah. and a half, I wouldn't touch it. Exactly. It's, it's too much of a line boot. I took a 10-point teaser when it was six and a half. I got him at 16 and a half. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm dead serious, man. Right? I was like, I'm dead serious. I play the games outright, but I also play the teasers as well. So I was like, you know what? I got So I got the Argos. I can tell you what I got. I got the Argos at plus seven. Let's see. I got a pretty good one, actually. It's pretty good. Uh, here it is. I got the Argos plus seven. No, okay. Argos plus seven. Red Blacks plus 16. Rough Riders plus three and a half. Three, three teams, 10-point teaser. Yeah. Rough Riders against the Elks, plus three and a half. Red Blacks, plus 16 and a half against the Bombers. And the Toronto Argonauts, plus seven. And I also bet big on the Toronto Argonauts' money line earlier when it was uh, lighter. Uh, about two and a half hours. We'll hit the other two games with a banner on the other side. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I can't believe we're on the Canadian Olympic basketball team. Yep, it's just that easy. Wow, that was close. You can be the center. All right, let's do this, Babano. Let's blast through this. So, Argos and Alouettes, me and Babano agree. We think the Toronto Argonauts tomorrow night are the play. The total is 49.5. Last week we went 4 0 with the totals. I don't have the same feel for the totals this week. 49.5 uh, in this game. My gut tells me the under. Winnipeg and Ottawa. We were talking about me and Babano both got in on the Red Blacks when it was six. You got to listen to us when we talk earlier in the week. Um, it's 2.5 right now. But Babano. I thought that number was a little light. It was 43 and a half earlier in the week. You're talking about all these injuries on the Bombers defense, including Jeff Cope. It's 45 and a half now. That number feels a little lighter, at least for teasers to get it to over maybe a 38 and a half there. Um, and then we got your Hamilton Tiger Cats coming off the beatdown last week against Saskatchewan. I love the under of that game when we hit it. We got a total of 45 and a half here right now. I like the over of this game. Tiger Cats are only minus one and a half, minus 120 on the money line. And then we got uh, Rough Riders like seven and a half against the who, of course, got smashed 59-17 by BC. What do you think about these games, Urbano? Uh What do you think, especially that uh, Calgary-Hamilton game? Yeah, I like the over in Winnipeg-Ottawa. I like the reverse to happen of the first game. When the same two teams play each other two weeks in a row, I know the first game was under last week, Winnipeg-Ottawa. Sometimes I like for the adjustments to be made offensively, the defensive injuries to Winnipeg, so I like that over. I don't know. I, I think situationally for Hamilton, it's a good spot. They're off a bad loss. They, their offense did nothing. They have O-line issues. You know, back home, though, Home opener, crowd will be into it. Calgary going on the road. I think it's a good spot for Hamilton. I want to see if they shore up the old line. Uh, lukewarm on Hamilton. 30 I mean, seconds. Lukewarm. I like the over in that and, game, 45 and a half. I think there'll be points in the Stampeders Ticats. What about the Elks and the Riders? I just hope the old line's better for because that game that game won't go over unless our uh, O line plays a lot better than it did last week. Saskatchewan, it, it's seven and a half is still short in my opinion. Edmonton is that bad. I'm betting against Edmonton to prove me otherwise. They're that bad. All right, Ian Cameron, great stuff. A battle. Follow him on Twitter. Have a battle. Pete Shepard and more NBA Finals and more. Bring it.